Startups join Techstars with aspirations, goals, and a vision for what they want to achieve. Fast forward three months, and Demo Day is a chance for these companies to showcase their growth and future plans. But have you ever wondered what happens behind the scenes when faced with the task of condensing all that progress into a two-minute pitch? I'm Jag Singh. I'm a serial founder and entrepreneur turned investor, and I'm also the managing director of Techstars Berlin. Welcome to the lead up, where we'll speak with one company from the current Techstars Berlin cohort in each episode. We'll find out what really goes through these founders' minds at each stage of building a business in an accelerator while preparing for the big reveal to investors and the community. I also have Umara Javid, an associate from our accelerator program, helping me here with the interview. Hi, I'm Amara. Friends call me Tinks, and I'm a former associate of Textiles London and currently a senior associate at Textiles Berlin. We're speaking with a team from UK-based Lightning Social Ventures, who enables charities and public sector organizations to quickly verify and process financial support applications for the millions of people in financial hardship. I'm joined by Ren, Bookie, Robbie, and Norris. Ren, could you give our audience a taste of your elevator pitch? I'm Ren, the founder of Lightning. We use fintech to enable charities and public sector institutions to get help quickly and securely to the people who need it most so that we can support millions of people in financial hardship. We were founded in the UK during the pandemic last year, and I'm really excited to be with my team of four here today. We have Muki, our ops and growth lead, Norris heading up technology, and Robbie, our UI and UX designer. I'm Buki. I'm responsible for making sure things run as smoothly as possible. That currently involves setting up a lot of processes to do with onboarding, customer support, legal, etc. Hi, I'm Norris. I'm responsible for the technology side of uh, Lightning. Uh, what that means really is when the charities and the applicants come to use the system, that they're able to perform the functions they need to submit their application. And that involves a broad range of things from development to deployment to monitoring of the system and, and just ensuring everything is, is up and running smoothly. Hi, I'm Robbie. I'm responsible ultimately for creating the best experience for both our customers and end users. This includes managing and developing relationships with both our clients and end users, as well as responsible for managing our marketing and social output. We're currently developing uh, content on both uh, LinkedIn and Twitter. So Ren, dialing back a couple of months before the program began, you get this phone call from Jag, the MD at Berlin, and he wants to include you in the Techstars program. How do you feel and what are your expectations? To be honest, I was, I was really surprised, delighted and almost shocked to get the call from Jag. It was really exciting because it, it felt like we had really got along and there was a lot of opportunity to grow further with the help and support from Techstars. Basically at the point where Jack called, we had really only gotten started with Lightning. Because we were born out of the pandemic, it was really clear that millions of people um, in the UK were getting tipped into financial hardship. And there was also a shift towards digital transformation for many organizations, including the charities and institutions that we work with. Our team only came together from November onwards full-time, even though Vakin and Robbie had been helping out for a little bit before that. So it felt like the perfect time to get the business started properly and take that forward. And it felt like Jack was 
really behind that and supportive of our mission. So that was fantastic. So Roby, you've been involved with Lightning for a while now, and you've seen it grow pretty fast. For the listeners out there who sometimes may not consider the importance of design, design obviously doesn't just mean pretty buttons and color scheme. It means a lot more. Maybe you could speak to that a little bit and talk about why it's important from the design and development perspective. Yeah, and it's such a great point that you say there, Jag, in terms of design is not all about the visual and how things look. And that's the user interface side of things. From a user experience design perspective and a product development roadmap, for us, it's very important that we have a human-centric approach in terms of our methodology. We see it as a collaborative approach involving end users in the process as early as possible. So they're already stressed out. We want to make that experience for them as user-friendly as possible. So, Bookie, you head up the operations and growth side of things here. Walk me through what it's like seeing a product deliver and make such a difference in people's lives. It's having a really huge impact on people's lives. And we see that kind of every day as applicants come through the process using the platform. Imagine you've recently lost your job as a result of the crisis uh, and you can't afford to pay your bills and are not quite getting enough from state aid. You use Lightning and within a minute you can connect your account to something that could take uh, days in the past, the manual way. So to see people able to go through that process. One of our applicants, Claire, she took about a minute to complete the application on our platform and she was really amazed by how quick and easy the process was. It made a big difference to her because she had lost a job during her, the pandemic and she was also going through a difficult divorce. So she was basically left struggling to feed her two kids and deal with a washing machine that broke down on top of everything else. That prompted her to apply for a grant and being able to get the money really quickly meant that she could not only get a washing machine repaired, but even get a little birthday cake for her, her boy when that came up. Yeah, for, for her, I think it was amazing in terms of just being able to get help with a few clicks and the answer that she needed to continue with her life. What I'm hearing there is that you took a process that would normally take six weeks and you shortened that into a minute. That's ridiculous. To be fair, the application process took, took a minute. We probably shortened the six weeks more into three days. That's still a ridiculous amount of time saving. And, and I come across a lot of impact-focused startups and, and startups that, that say that they're making impact. This is meaningful impact, but your platform doesn't just interface with the applicant, though. There's also a, a interface or a component that interfaces with the charity. I think Norris can really speak to that, how that works and how we've managed to speed up the process for the charity. Uh, we're able to add value to both the applicant fa facing financial hardship and the charity looking to provide assistance. With the, with the applicants, it's really worth emphasizing that the you know, the tremendous value that this adds to their life. Getting your grant assessed quicker and the money dispensed to you as quick as possible could mean the difference of uh, paying off your, your bills before you fall into overdraft. It could mean the difference of paying for a school uniform for your kids or putting a warm table, uh, a warm meal on, on the table at the end of the day. But then we also add uh, a lot of value to the charities. We We work with them and they're more like partners and they are customers. We really try and understand their workflow, the pain points, 
and we go about a, a discovery journey and, and the result of that is software that fulfills their workflow needs. And so that means accessing information quicker. It, it means accessing information that is less prone to fraud by virtue of connecting directly to the bank and retrieving that information. And so I think the longer the relationships last with our partners and, and customers, that the more value we can add to their day-to-day -day workflow. It's worth really emphasizing here that this is an extremely difficult challenge to solve. There, There's the getting charities and, and, and others to adopt new technology. And it's also getting the applicant facing financial hardship to, to gain trust in things like open banking and new technology. But we're glad to see we're not the only ones that see the value here. We're supported by great advisors and we're very optimistic about the future. So Ren, Norris just spoke about how your team is supported by a stellar cast of advisors. Would you share with the audience a little bit about your thought process as you were starting this company and then as this company has grown and all the way through Techstars, how did you start to build that pool of advisors and how have you engaged with them and, and maybe you'd be willing to share some of your best practices? Sure, thanks, Jack. To be honest, it was quite organic and I think a common theme in building out the advisory board as well as team has been people being really excited about the mission and trying to help out. So that's how things started with our first couple of advisors. I was fortunate to get connected with Max Kelly, who was the MD of London for Techstars previously, and, and also the senior executive at, at Virgin. And he and I started talking back when I was at Rails Bank and thinking about how we could use fintech to support to, to support people in financial hardship. And post when I left Rails Bank, we continued the relationship. So it felt really natural to have him on board as an advisor, partly because he has so much experience with startups and with um, large companies, and also because he had already been helping out. He then introduced us to Tom Ferry, who's a great founder himself of Stakester and a former and a former chief commercial officer at Quantexa. So really energetic person, and I think he he really brought on expertise in the sales area. Along with that, I also got to know Jenny Chong, who was the former head of global, sorry, f former global head of AI and, and big data at Credit Suisse, really analytical, knows tech and product. And she, again, was very keen to help out and introduced me to Carolyn Seat, whom Norris also knows, who's a really um, expert operator in terms of, yeah, operations at, at, and finance at big banks like Credit Suisse, as well as startups. I think as we progress, I realized it was important to have a well-balanced and diverse advisory board. So it's really great that the four of them have balanced each other out in terms of skill sets, as well as diversity in terms of perspective and, and advice. And I think engaging with them regularly, so starting out more one-to-one, -one, but then also starting a cadence of quarterly advisory board meetings in, in the last few months has been really helpful for them to get to know each other and to bounce ideas off each other as well. I think one learning from that is that it's okay to ask for help. I think sometimes I hesitate to do that for a couple of reasons. One is I expect people are, are busy with priorities and I don't want to disturb them. And secondly, as a female founder, I also often struggle with imposter syndrome. So even when applying for tech stars and starting Lightning Social Ventures, it was a constant question of, am I really good enough to do this? Is this something that people will 
get behind. I think learning to ask for help and to get people involved in, in the journey, but also seeing how excited people can be to, to support has been a great learning for me. Now that you're talking about people being excited and motivated about the journey that Lightning's on, I was wondering if Buki could tell us a little bit more about how this team is extra special and how you all joined Lightning. One thing that really sets our team apart is that we're quite diverse in terms of the way we think, in terms of our background, and of course, in terms of our skill set. And this diversity wasn't, it wasn't makeshift, it wasn't added after the fact, it was almost built up organically, if you like. And in addition, I think for the three kind of early employees that came to join REN, we all started off as either volunteers or, or advisors. And so we really bought into the mission and vision before there was real structure in place. So I think that makes our team a little bit different to others. One of the things that we tell CEOs to do is to sell, right? A CEO is selling not just to investors, but also to potential colleagues, potential new hires, partners. I'm curious, how did Ren sell you the idea of coming to work at Lightning? What first attracted me to, to Lightning first was, first of all, Ren's enthusiasm for the project. And the fact is, tying back to what we were talking about earlier, this idea of impact, or more importantly, social impact. The, the fact is we can be involved in something that makes real difference to real lives and real people. And just following on from what Buki said in terms of how we've got a, a special diverse team, I'm just ultimately you know, super proud of what we've actually managed to achieve as a team so far in such a small period of time, especially because we were working remotely. I personally never met any other members of, of the team, but we've built, up, we've built working relationships and I think this just shows you really what you can achieve with a dedicated team with the right mindset. For our listeners out there who may not be familiar, the Techstars Accelerator program is three months long and Mentor Madness happens in the first couple of weeks. Each company meets with nearly 100 mentors in that two-week period. They meet 10 mentors daily in back-to-back sessions and so calling it intense would be an understatement. As your team emerged from Mentor Madness and started thinking about how to position Lightning for Demo Day and its audience of investors, what were the important things that you wanted to communicate? I think what's important is for every business to be solving a problem and delivering a solution that adds value. So we recognized that was a huge opportunity for fintech to really transform the impact sector by helping to streamline process that processes that are really manual and paper-based and take up a lot of time. Of course, secondly, it's also important for the business to be sustainable and to make money. Now, I think it's a common myth that charities don't have money and aren't willing to pay or that they may not necessarily move fast enough to take up new solutions. But in our experience, I think when we've spoken to the right people who are champions within or early adopters within the industry, they are actually really willing to pay often upwards of an annual recurring revenue of £10,000 per year in order to get a solution that they believe will really add value. And if you think about it, they currently have to rely on existing systems that are poor um, and don't deliver what they want 
or have to pay um, even more money, upwards of 50 to 100,000 pounds to develop a custom-built system. So having a platform that does what they want and is ready to go with shared economics across a number of organizations is actually very attractive to them, especially if that's through a subscription model with a fixed price as compared to having a huge upfront cost. So just continuing on that topic of the lead up to Demo Day, I think I'd given you a recommendation to keep that pitch between 60 and 90 seconds. And since every successful founder I've ever met could go on talking about their company for hours, what were the things that you left out of your pitch and why? One thing I've learned in this process is just how hard it is to condense everything we want to say into a one minute pitch. There are three topics I'd love to have shared more about, but left out of the final pitch due to time constraints. One is our team and advisors. There are so many great things I have to say about each person and what they bring to Lightning. And many of our mentors in the Techstars program have remarked that we have an exceptional team. We also didn't get to cover the details of our product and our vision over the longer term. We're even more excited about our plans to transform the end-to-end grant delivery process and join up different pieces of the puzzle across multiple support institutions so that individuals don't need to get bounced from place to place when they seek help. I think lastly, we could have included a clearer call to action so that people know how they can get involved with Lightning. We're of course very happy to hear from potential investors, but because Techstars has such a broad network, we'd love to chat with anyone who's an expert in the social or public sector or otherwise interested in helping us out with our mission. I like what you just did there, Ren. That's a lesson to all our listeners out there. Be sure to conclude a call to action in all your communications, whether it's an email newsletter or an appearance in a podcast. For all our listeners out there, if you're in the social or public sectors and you're interested in helping the Lightning team with their mission, you know what action to take now. Given that this was just an idea six months ago, and you've managed now to not just have one customer, but multiple, could you share with the audience how they might tackle the process of finding their first customers? Yeah, I'd actually suggest speaking with someone that has a problem and building a product that helps them with it so they can become a customer, rather than starting with a product and then looking for a customer to buy it. In our case, I was quite fortunate to meet our first customer turned to us while I was still working at Railsbank, and when I left, they approached me to help them think through how technology could help to improve their work. So this started organically as a small project, and when it became clear that there was an opportunity to build a product here, we then turned this into a business idea. What's also been really interesting is how Turn to Us as our first customer has helped us to get other organizations on board. They've been super supportive, So they referred seven more organizations and also connected us with the Umbrella Association, which has a membership of over 100 grant-making charities. So I think having built this great relationship with our first customer and that word-of-mouth support has been really key to our subsequent pipeline of customers. And that's something Booking can share more about as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most challenging aspects of being at such an early stage is identifying exactly where to focus time and energy uh, as a team. And how we do that is that we make sure we're crystal clear on objectives, on our goals. And so we have a cadence of setting our OKRs and reviewing those 
and with input from, from mentors and advisors and making sure that if the, that the work, all the work we do, we're doing is helping us achieve those objectives that we've set. So we ensure that all work that we do helps move us towards the goal we're trying to achieve towards our OKRs and that's how we set our individual and team priorities. I want to do a bit of retrospective of the program and how's it been? It's been a really exciting time between early February to the end of April. We've not only learned a, a lot through Techstars but we've also launched our beta product with our first customer turned to us so grew that to supporting about 100 users get invited to use our platform and receive grants to support their financial situations. So that's been great. And in terms of customer progress, we're hopefully going live with our third customer. And all these are pretty big national charities. So it's, it's really an honor to be working with them. That's lovely. Something that's really core to the team here is the people-centric approach and just this really deep focus on customers. I wanted to learn a bit more about how you interact with your uh, customers and how you get the feedback from them to understand their experience and pain points. We've got a human-centric approach to our to our design of our product and what really drives that is the feedback that we get from end users and then also from our customers' perspectives. So how we do that is that we work alongside people with lived expertise and experience to help us design and deliver services that affect it. We regularly set up co-production groups to help us not just to test any final designs, but to define and ultimately co-design solutions to enhance their experience. Because what drives us uh, and motivates us as a team is the real life impact that our product is making to people's lives. Say Ren mentioned earlier on the podcast, the, the feedback from recent case studies from successful grant applicants that use the Lightning platform. And you can check these out on our website. We have a story section there. It's a great reward. And it's a constant reminder of why we are doing what we're doing. You mentioned earlier that you are doing a pretty good job of getting feedback from users. Maybe you could go into a bit more detail about how you think about them. And, and what were some of the assumptions that you started out? In our initial hypothesis, we, we had the whole thing planned out that it's people are going to connect their accounts, going to be faster, it's simpler, it's going to save them time, reduce stress. When we did our initial set of user testing, there, there were concerns about giving access to bank accounts. And so going live, we were terrified that this might replicate itself. But to, much to our surprise, out of our 100 applicants that came through the system, those that participated uh, returned when we surveyed them uh, upon completion that 100% were either very satisfied or, or satisfied with, with the service and giving us great feedback, leaving notes like the service is brilliant and it's fast and simple. And so this is really gratifying to see that we can add such such a lot of value to, to the applicant's life. I'm curious, how have you thought about pricing, especially in this sector? When thinking about pricing, we initially started with a focus on transaction-based pricing per application, but we realized that customers would prefer a fixed price with less uncertainty. So we're able to shift the business model to where it's a fixed subscription fee. And in that process of wrapping everything up into the same fee, essentially significantly increase our um, recurring revenues as compared to transaction-based revenues. I'd love to know if there's any myths about being a startup entrepreneur that you could debunk for us. The one thing I've learned is that no matter how good your theory is or your product, like you can never anticipate markets, right? And so that's why it's so 
important to to validate with customers. And this is actually where Ren has done a great job and Lightning has been very lucky as a result, having a customer so early on, a customer who's willing to essentially be a partner and validate and iterate the product. Like that. That's exceptionally rare for startups to have. And, and so they should focus on that in my view. That's the one lesson. One of my favorite books from advisor Tom is that being an entrepreneur is like waking up every day and getting punched in the face. And I hadn't realized that when I first started out. I think like Robbie said, there's a lot of romanticism and glamour associated with being a startup. But there are always challenges that arise and the kind of infrastructure that you have in a corporate suddenly vanishes that when you have a, a startup. So you have to face all these challenges and do the really boring bits of work that you might not enjoy along with all the fun stuff. But at the same time, it's tremendously gratifying because you're waking up and doing something that has a purpose and makes a difference every day. We're also really grateful to everyone that has supported us in our journey the Techstars team, our mentors and advisors, early customers and partners, and many other people, too many to name, who have been kind enough to help us out because we wouldn't have um, gotten this far without all of you. Wow, that's really inspiring. And it means a lot. So Buki, Norris, Robbie, and Ren, thanks for coming in to share. And to our audience especially, thank you for listening. Don't forget, we have nine other amazing companies from Techstars Berlin sharing their experiences in this lead-up series, a part of the Techstars Podcast Network. 